Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. God is good. Welcome to church. If you're visiting us, I hope you feel at home and, um, and be a part of the church family and, and community. You know, I, I've got something really, really important to share. We, we are, as a church, going through a, a big transition. So um, I need to share about what's happening. Um, we have this building lease is finishing end of June. So um, I might have mentioned we thought it was end of May, but we, able to, we were able to extend it to end of June. So we've got just under three months left in this amazing space, which we've enjoyed for two, close to two and a half years. And it's been a great move, but um, you know, we weren't able to secure the lease here, which works out pretty good because we, we have our eyes set on a building that is going to be a home, permanent home, that we're going to end up buying. So this venue, this amazing space in Sydney... And um, I'll show you a picture in a moment. Maybe you can wait just a little bit. They can get in, the anticipation can come. Oh, that was quick. Oh, was really. They waited for two seconds, didn't they? This building is an iconic building in um, pa- Parramatta Road. That's one of the busiest streets in Sydney, if you don't know. And um, it is a 19th, built in 1930s. It used to be the dance hall of Sydney, which was the jazz jive place to be. It was where Sydney went out to hang out and um, dance and they had no nightclubs in those days. This is where they would go to hang out and actually ended up getting called the marriage bureau because everyone used to connect and meet each other and get married. And so it's got a beautiful history. It's obviously been a wedding reception, another Italian wedding reception um, for many, many years. And well, Italian weddings were there, but all sorts of weddings were there. It's owned by Greeks actually. And they've been running it for 28 years. And um, it's a great space. I didn't explain it at the 9 a.m., but it's 1,800 square meters all up. So this space is 1,100 square meters. And this is 1,800 square meters. It's got four or five shop fronts on Parameter Road, bridal shops. And it's got a dance studio in the back that's leased out. So once we own it, it'll give us roughly 150 to, I think, close to $200,000 tenants, tenant income. So the, the, the deal that we've been structuring with them, we're still in the process of it. We're almost closing it. it uh, we've, looked, we've seen it for the first time in August last year, just so you know a bit of the history. And um, we have been negotiating for some time. And through COVID, it didn't work out. The negotiations didn't fully close. And obviously, COVID was an interesting time to try to make a deal through you know, the heat of COVID. Um, and so the... We have come to a place where he's agreed to lease it to us for four years. And even that's a miracle. To lease it for four years and then buy it after. A, a, so it's a 46-month settlement plan. So you close the deal, you close the sale, you sign contracts and everything. It's a four-year lease. And then we buy it at four years down the track, which is, again, a miracle to be able to, someone, an owner is willing to do that. And he's also gone to the place where he said yes to um, one year full rent. So the first year is full rent, it's free, and then um, we pay, um, compared to most places in, in Australia, I mean in Sydney I should say, it's uh, 200, around $200,000 um, lease rent. So we pay $120,000 for this whole space building, that's probably half the price it should, we should be paying for this space. We've looked at you know, warehouses option, we've looked at rental places, what about if we find a building that we can lease, 
with the space that we need, with the size church that we are, with everything that we put on, equipping the saints, courses, or everything, the conferences we put on, all those things that we do, um, it would uh, cost roughly 400000 500000 There's a building down the road that was going for 450000 plus $150,000 worth of outgoings. It's 600000 just to lease a building. And so obviously we, we don't want to get to that place where we're spending so much money and we're not even owning it. We want to get to a place where we own our building. So we believe this is where God is leading us to, to actually own our own building. And I believe it, it, you know, we've been praying, obviously, as an eldership team, as a pastoral team, as a leadership team, seeking God. We've all been seeking God. I've been seeking God. And we're convinced this is the Lord for us. Um, the, the price is doable. It's doable with God and obviously not doable without God. It's just simple Christian um, maths you know it's like without God no with God yes your Christian it's the truth your Christian faith without God you can't live it with God you can you know Christianity is supernatural I can't live for Jesus holy without Holy Spirit without his presence without his anointing without his power I need to be in connection with Jesus to be living this Christian life so yes moving forward without God it's impossible but with God, it's possible, you know. And so the price that we, because it's tw- four years down the track, we've agreed to is $12 million. And so we've pushed hard for us not to be committed to that price legally so that he can't sue us for damages or anything like that. If for crazy reason, we weren't able to come up with that money before four years. Cut a long story short, he's recently agreed to um, a 10% deposit if we come up with 10% deposit, which is $1.2 million, that he would give us an option call, which means he's committed to $12 million, but we're not legally bound to that. And so that's an amazing thing for him to say, yep, you know, if you come up with $1.2 million. So the church right now in the bank has pretty much got just over $600,000 that we've saved over the years. Now, this church, if you don't know, we've been going for 30 years. And so again, you know, um, by God's grace... You know, I got saved 19, started the church at 22, and um, if you would have, a person that known the Lord for three years, started church, you mo- most likely say it's impossible, you're not going to do it, you're not going to make it. I mean, no training, nothing, just all you do is love Jesus, and you're going to start a church. And so most people thought, you know, this guy's different. So it's, and again, without God, it wouldn't have even lasted. But 30 years down the track, God's bringing us to a place to own our own place, and yes, with God it's possible, without God it's not possible. Um, so... Uh, we have $600,000. By the time we finish here, six, which is in three months' time, just under three months' time, we should have around 650000 And all we need to believe God for together is $550,000, right? Again, that might sound like, what? Like we've, we've raised, I think when we left Mortlake, again, some of our history, we left Mortlake because um, we, we were looking at buying at a, bil- at a, bil- a building that had a lot of complications with it. There was an administration. It's a long story. And... Um, we raised two hundred fifty three, I think two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollars in that time, in a short period of time. So I know we are well able. And so when I think of the Bible and I study the Bible and I look at all the miracles and all the breakthroughs and all the uh, pos- possessing the promised land and everything that you read about in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it was always a God factor there. In other words, without God coming through, they were never going to make it. You know, and so every story that we admire, we, we, we read and we admire and we have, it encourages our faith, it stirs our faith and we go, wow, we admire their faith as men and women. Well, we're now facing our Goliath. 
We admire little David, young David, that he took on a Goliath. But now this is our little Goliath. And it is a little Goliath. It's not the big Goliath. It's like, it's a Goliath. But in, the, in those days, that Goliath made the armies of Israel um, paralyzed. Day in, day out, they went up to array themselves in army, in a, in a b- battle ready to take on the, the enemy. But no one had the guts to take on the, the Goliath, the giant that was, that was, you know, belittling the children of Israel. No one would fight him. They were scared, full of fear, actually, until David saw him. And that took faith for a young man. I mean, who knows? He's, a, he's like a teenager. I don't know what, how old he was. We don't know for sure, but 16, 17, 18, around that age. But he's a young dude, handsome, ruddy, good-looking, they even said, the Bible said. And so that's good, you know, that he's a good-looking dude. That's fine. <laughs> but, but that's not what gave him the edge. He knew his Lord. He was a worshiper when nobody's watching. He took care of a sheep when nobody's watching. And if a lion took his sheep, he took on the lion when nobody's watching. And a bear took a sheep and he took on a bear. And he took him out, not just took the lion by the beard and stroked it and killed it. You know? And so he knew his God. He knew God could help him with this Philist, un, un, uncircumcised Philistine. Who is he to defy the armies of the living God? That's how he saw it. But these guys didn't see it that way. The majority didn't see it that way. The majority go, Who's going to take this guy on? I'm not going out there. They actually were fearful. Yet David had the guts to go at him with what he had. Literally who he was and what he had. You know, they put the arm, you know, try to put the armor on him. And he goes, oh, I can't go in these. Put the helmet on the armor. It must have been massive. Like, here he goes, I'm never going to win this way. Like, he, he couldn't walk hardly. He tried to test it. And he goes, no, it's not good for me. Took it all off. And all he took is his shepherd's pouch, his sling, five smooth stones from the brook. And I believe he was good at that sling. I, I think he was quite accurate. He would have probably practiced out in the fields and hit leaves and not birds. I don't think he, no. But, but he would have, you know, I, I'm sure he hit the wolves and he, the predators. And he was accurate. He was quite confident to the point where when it finally came to battle, fight him, he had faith. I mean, the Goliath says, I'm going to, who are you coming with sticks? You think I'm a dog? Come to me with sticks and stones? What am, you know, he tried to belittle him and put him down. And David actually started speaking his faith. Because I'm going to take your head, chop it off, give your body to the birds, and the whole army of Israel is going to be fed to the, uh, to the animals. He started speaking what he believed. There's a powerful truth in that. And the Bible says David ran to Goliath. Ran. And I, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to put my paraphrase on what would I would have done. Like maybe he knew, I'm going to go for his head with the stone. I'm going to hit him. If I miss the first time, I'm just going to dodge him and, and you know, just, just run away and dodge until I get him. Because he knew he was accurate. But still took guts to take on a giant. And that one stone went through, bang, hit him. Penetrated his forehead and he just fell down. Imagine the army going, <gasps> silence. And David just gets really gory, rated R. It's in your Bible. He comes up to Goliath, takes off that massive sword, takes it off and starts hacking his head off. It's not easy to take off someone's head. He would have had to hack it for a while and then finally took and he grabbed his head and showed Saul. I mean, that's a phenomenal story. But every Bible story in the Old Testament took faith, took faith to take on the promised land. And so um, just quickly, Sean Boltz is a prophet who came to 
day spring, we were there, and cut a long story short, he gave us a strong, specific prophetic word, Christine and I. He had our names. He had Leo and Christy. Christy. Christine. Christine. She has, he said, that's my word association. And then he, he had my birth date, gave me my birth date, her birth date, my dad's name, Giuseppe. And, and um, he was saying, he actually said, I saw your, I see your parents at the feet of Jesus with baskets of bread and bottles of milk. Now, he, you can't know this outside of the Holy Spirit. And first of all, my parents died early. I mean, that, that's a guess because what happens if my parents were alive? I've never met the guy. He doesn't know me. And, and when he saw baskets of bread and bottles of milk for the nations, enough bread, enough milk for the nations, he says, to feed the nations with the bread of God and the milk of God. And, and little did he know that my father and mother all their life were delivered bread, milk in the morning and bread in, during the day. My dad had a bread delivering job all over Haberfield, Five Dock, like all, all the Italians got the Italian bread. And, my, and we did milk delivery. And it was just a, such a specific word. And he gave a lot of, he gave a prophetic word for the church because it wasn't just for us. He gave a prophetic word for the church saying, God's bringing the church into maturity, into deployment. He's bringing the church into maturity so that they can de be deployed into kingdom work and so on. He kept saying the word movement youth. There's going to be a great youth movement from this group and da-da-da from you guys. And a great youth movement. And our, our youth is called movement youth. You know, like just... Accurate. Anyway, cut a long story short. We went up to Sean Bolts after that to say, to encourage him and thank him how accurate the word was. Christine says, can you pray for us? We're, we're believing God for a building. We had our heart set on the building at Tain Cultural Center. And he, as he starts to pray, to prophesy, he says, this building that you're going after is not the building. He goes, I see the building. I can see it. And he goes, but this one is not it. And I remember from there, I probably sort of didn't hear what else he said because I'm thinking, what? We're going for this building. Give me a word for this building. And, and anyway, it wasn't that building. He saw that. Um, Mark Sorga is another prophetic word. Mark Sorga, who's Matt. Not Mark, thank you. Matt Sorga, who travels around the nations, is very prophetic. He, gave, he prophesied, and we got it recorded somewhere. He prophesied that he saw us having a church on a highway. And he says, I can see people coming to that place. And Parramatta Road, that building, is on Western. It's called the Western Highway. It's the old name of Parramatta Road. And so... That, and then David Hagar, who's a close friend of mine, who's on the NCMI team, leads a church in Melbourne, very prophetic guy. I saw the building last year in August. We saw it. Three or four days later, he SMSs me. I haven't heard from him for the last six months. He preached in our church a year or two ago prior to this SMS. So out of the blue, just SMSed me three or four days after we saw the building. He says, hi, Leo, how are you? I was recalling a vision I had for GGC of storehouses of heaven released in a massive way which I described in my preach at your church a couple of years ago. Also spoke on double doors of provision that day. Woke up in the night, saw that vision again. So he woke up that night that he gave this the next day, the SMS. He goes, miracle doors of opportunity. Upgrade, full stop. Opportunity now, even in these times, because it was in August. That's, the, that's just when uh, COVID started to, the restrictions in Sydney started to come down is I feel this is what he says I feel occupying and possessing physical land is a big deal I remember speaking of connecting with a billion flow of resources that's his word to me and I thought out of the blue I'm thinking wow I said I rang Dave I said, Dave have you heard anything have you, did, have you talked to anyone no no one so about Matt the only person I told was a guy called Matt and he goes no I haven't even spoken to Matt and and so that was just an encouraging confirming word 
And, and there is something about getting physical land. There's something about possessing, putting your, your stake in the ground in Sydney. It's for the gospel. It's for Jesus. It's for the kingdom. It's to, to equip the saints. It's to raise up an army. It's to have revival. I mean, how do you, how do you house revival? Actually, I didn't say, but the building is about, could probably sit five, 600 people. So we can do conferences like we've always wanted to and get Todd White and Joshua Mills and all these guys, amazing people from around the world, our team guys. I mean, just we're encouraged about what God has for the future, but we've got to look at, there is some giants there. Like the Red Sea doesn't just open up unless you obey God. Like Moses, as you know the story, he, he takes the children of Israel, about a million or so, with family, with children, with all their stock, with all their livestock, and they go, and the Bible says the Lord told them, go through this gorge. And you look up the word of the mountains on either side, it actually means a gorge, a cave, like a, it's like going into a cavern or a den. It's like they were going, and the other side was the Red Sea, and they'll be, and they'll be um, what's it, shut in. There'll be no way out unless you go back the way you came in. That's basically what it says. So God directed them to go there, so the Red Sea is there, and there's a gorge on either side. He says, so that Pharaoh's heart will be hardened, he's going to bring his army, and he's going to come. So God had it all planned. He wanted to demonstrate his power to all the nations. He wanted to show people how powerful he is. And, but Moses cries out to God. I mean, imagine being Moses, leading these people, because if God doesn't come through, they actually all die. It's pretty, pretty responsible leadership. Like... If, you know what I mean? If we don't come through this, we might lose a bit of money. But you're not going to die. But imagine God uh, with Moses. And Moses says, God, God. You know, he's crying out to God. God says, why are you crying out to me? Stretch forth your hand. He had to exercise the authority that he was given. You stretch forth your hand. In other words, you know my will. You see my ten, the ten plagues. I've just I've released the miracle hand of God, the glory of God in Egypt. And I, you saw my hand. I wouldn't lead you this far for me to just leave you. So in other words, stretch forth your hand. And the Red Sea, if the Red Sea didn't open, they were dead. And that was a miracle of miracles. The whole night the wind blew and poured and opened up the, 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 that Red Sea and made walls on either side. That's supernatural. Without that supernatural happening, they were going to go into the promised land. The story after story after story, the Jordan River. I mean, I mean what about the, before I go on the Jordan River, because we know the picture of the Jordan River, they, the, the priesthood of all believers had to put the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. And Joshua got the vision and the strategy from heaven, from, from the angel, and said, you're to put your feet into the river that's overflowing in harvest. So what we want to do is this, Lord, dry up the dry ground, make a miracle, then I'll walk forward. That's how we like to live our life. Bring the miracle, show me it's you, then I'll step forward. And God says, no, you step forward into the water while it's full. Because what happens when they got the Ark of the Covenant, everyone's following them. They look silly if nothing happens. Because they're saying, it's okay, guys, you know, we're going go to lead ahead of you. We're going to go in, and when we go in, it's going to stop. And people go, what happens if it doesn't? But the reality is, the Bible says it stopped way out yonder, very far away at Adam, a place called Adam. It was far away. When they walked in, they couldn't see. It actually, they, they went in there. It would have been some time. We don't know how long. It could have been half an hour. Because it stopped up there. It would have taken a while for the water to finally stop flowing. And then it dries up. Maybe it's a, an hour or two. Maybe it's more. I don't know. Maybe it's five minutes. Even the five minutes is like, you're still waiting. What happens if nothing happens? They had to step in before it stopped. When they stepped in by faith, it stopped way out there. 
and it dried up and they walked over and it was a miracle. To the point when they all walked across, took a while for the whole nation to go across. God says, take big stones from the middle of that river and I want you to put a memorial there. Because I want your kids to ask you, what's all these stones about? That's when God dried up the Jordan. So God's trying to say, I want my children to see the hand of God. So what we are going to do as a family, church family, we can tell our kids about it. We're doing it not for us. We're doing it for our children. We're establishing a house, a place for our kids, our children to be able to preach the gospel. And and imagine the finances, the strength that, that, that we'll have because we paid off a building. I mean, you know, as I said, that building, I don't know if I, did I say that that building will give us $150,000 to $200,000 worth of tenancy once we own it? Not to mention a kitchen. I mean, this kitchen downstairs, we lease it out to two caterers and it gives us $50,000 a year. The other kitchen in this new building is two times, three times larger. We could probably get eighty dollars to $100,000 when caterers use it. Plus, you've got a conference room, you've got, you got, you can hire it out. We will use the building to its full capacity to make money to pay off the building. Because remember, we've got four years to come up with the money. We only, we've got four years to come up with a third of the valued price of that building in four years' time. Does that make sense? So we have four years, one year's free rent, which is great, to put that year's rent towards the building. But we'll have four years to pay off this building. Worst case scenario, we've got to come up with a third of the value of that price because the Baptist Financial Services, who we know and are with us, will give us 70% of the of the money so we could borrow but that's not exactly where my faith is going for I'm believing God I'm going to put my faith and our faith out to that we could pay it off in four years I mean you know you might go Leo how can that that happen but God again no I can't do it all God asks us to do is do what we can do and when you look at the stories of the 12 spies God told the 12 spies he said to Moses, get the leaders of every tribe, I want you to spy out the promised land. I want you to check it out and see what it's like. See if it's, you know, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. And see. And so they were to go out there, they checked it out, and they go, wow, surely is a land flowing with milk and honey. But see if there are strong people, if it's a fortified city, if it's not fortified. Are they living in cities? Are they living in tents? Are there trees? Are they not trees? Is it bare land? Just check out the, the land. And they were told to take the fruit of the land. That's very interesting. Leaders go ahead of people, take the fruit of the land, and show the leaders, go, show other people go, hey, look, look at the fruit of the land. It is good. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. I'll show you the cluster. They picked up a cluster of grapes, and it was like two, it was four people that had to carry it. Massive weight of grapes because it's so flowing, fruitful, and flowing with milk and honey. But you know the story. They checked out the land. They came back. Ten of them gave a report with what they saw with their natural eyes. They basically said, they are strong people. They are fortified cities. There's even the children of Anak there. That means that the, the giants are there. They're massive. They basically said what they saw. That wasn't so bad until, because like, that gave, it was just saying, no, you know, they were basically saying, that, 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 this, let, me, let me give you the report. They said, um, they, thus they told them, we went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and, it is fruit, and, it's, and this is its fruit. No, nonetheless, the people who live there are, uh, in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. 
Amalek is living in the land, the, the Nevites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites, the Maronites, and the Vegemites. Every ite you can think of are there, right? Not the Vegemites, that was my thing. But it says, and, it's, and so, so that's, it stops there. They're just saying, yes, there's, there's a lot of enemy out there, and yes, they're fortified, yeah. And it wasn't really that negative until they did say something negative later. Then Caleb quietened the people. Before Moses says, we should by all means go up and take the possession of it. For we will surely overcome it. Like he saw the same thing they saw. He goes, no, we can take this. The word overcome is that we are able to do this, right? But this is what the men said in response to Caleb. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against this people, for they are too strong for us. Now that was very negative. We can't do it. What are you talking about? Ten spies, you're the people that saw the Red Sea open up. You're the people that saw the ten plagues in Egypt. You saw the mighty hand of God deliver the children of Israel from the bondage of a leadership that was enslaving them. You saw miracle after miracle. You're saying that God can't take this promised land? And that was a negative report. Caleb, Moses, at one point, Moses and um, Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly and the congregation, and, and, and they were just w- crying out to God. Joshua, the son of Nun, is in uh, chapter 14, verse 6. They tore their clothes. It's like they, 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 they're freaking out of the negative report. And they spoke to all the congregation, the sons of, uh, sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. And... and Caleb basically says, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they will be our prey. Their protection has gone, has been removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregations wanted to stone them. They were full of fear. Fear gripped their heart because they saw that God had to come through or else they couldn't do it. You know, Jericho was there. They would have seen Jericho as a fortified city. Little did they know because they had, you know that whole generation that didn't trust God, they had to die in the wilderness. God waited for 40 years. It says, for every day that you looked in, in the promised land, for every day a year you will suffer, you will, you'll be tested. So 40 days, he had to wait for a whole generation to die, and the children grew up, and they took the promised land. But when they finally, that's when the Jordan River happened. They had to go in first. And Jericho was right there. Jericho, you know the story of Jericho. How does Jericho wars come down? Unless God comes, it doesn't. They were told the strategy, walk around it once every day. On the seventh day, walk around it seven times and then shout. I mean, what sort of strategy is that according to logic? And the walls will come down. What? Are you serious, Joshua? Just going to shout? Yes, shout. Something supernatural is going to happen. And the walls crashed. And they would have thought, wow, what a way to take on the city. But God, we couldn't do it. And it's like, it's like that. It's like we don't know how. But we're going to believe. We don't know how, but God, God can do it. He can do it. It's easy to God. It really is. But we've got to do our part. Our part. The word Caleb, when I look up the word Caleb, it means a number of things. Faithful, devoted, and one of the main things it means is wholehearted. I love that. I want to be a Caleb. And all God is asking for is wholeheartedness. That's it. What does that mean? God can do this when we are wholly Give our whole heart to this. If this is really for His glory and it's really for His kingdom, and it is. And, and you know, I heard a lyric of a song. And he said, he said, the song is something like, Lord, 
I, I want to, I'll do anything to see your kingdom established. Now really, would you, I'm asking you this question, would you do anything to see his kingdom come? To his, see his people, the community of his people love this city, to disciple this city, to disciple the nations, to reach the lost, to, 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 to see a church family that loves Jesus. Would you do anything to see his kingdom come? Because when he gets a people that's wholehearted, all he's asking for is for people that are willing. Willing and obedient. And so, again, I said how much money we have in the bank, right? By the end of we finish here, it'll be $650,000. So we need $550,000 probably in the next few months. Lord willing, again, it's going to take a while to negotiate a, this $12 million deal and four-year lease and and then, you know, it's a 46-month settlement date, pretty much. But we sign the contract now for a four-year lease, and then we buy it in four years with the rest of the money. So we have four years to come up with 30%. But right now, we need to trust God for $550,000. And again, it's not that hard, because it might, you know, if, if, if we just give what we can give. And I want to ask people to give what they can give, and keep in mind that we're going to be doing this for the next four years. So in other words, thinking, what can I give every year above my tithes and offering that would stretch me? If we give what's comfortable, we, we, we won't get there. But if we give what is going to stretch us. Kristen, we've done Heart for the House um, for the last number of years. Last year, we didn't do Heart for the House because of COVID. Because of the COVID situation, what we went through, we didn't think it would be wise to, to do a Heart for the House. So we chose not to. But this year, we will do, this, this is our heart for the house. We're going to be speaking for the next few months. And we'll do a heart for the house, which is raising money above our tithes and offering for our future home so that we can have a home that is permanently ours. And so Kristen and I, we've given above our normal tithes and offering to the heart for the house. Every time we've, we've done it, we've always stretched ourselves. But I can honestly say with all my heart, it, we were never diminished because of it. We were only nourished because we gave. I'm talking about finances. It was not like we had less. God blessed us when we gave to Him. He always does. I've never seen Him not, not take care of the people that give for the right reasons. When you give for God and for the King, you give for Jesus, for His purposes, God will take care of you. If you give because of people, if you give because I want to be known, I want to be seen, and I want people's attention, that's all you'll get. You'll get that reward. Does that make sense? So please hear my heart. If you're not willing to give, then please don't give. And if you're visiting us, just take, come along with the ride. If you want to join us and you don't trust us, like you join the church, you don't trust us for a while, come along for the ride. You'll see God do a miracle. Amen? So don't feel pressured. But, but if your faith is joining and you say, I have faith and I believe we can do this, then give what you can to give. And, it, it, you know, and again, this might stretch people, but it's, it's, equal, it's not equal giving, but it's equal sacrifice. So someone might really, really stretch themselves to give $1,000. It might be a massive stretch for the whole year. So I'm going to give above my normal tithes and offering $1,000. That might be a real big stretch. But somebody else, 100000 might stretch them. Or 100000 might not stretch them. I'm being honest. God could bring someone that just goes, you know what, I've I just made $100 million. I need, to, I need to give $10 million. And then they see us online. They, I can do it anyway. Just write a check and it's fully paid for. I'm believing for that, that stone that David had whoosh, right in the bullseye. And you know what? And the money that we will receive was to renovate the building, we fix the building, we'll plant, plant churches, we'll disciple the nations, we'll do crusades, we'll go into the nations, we'll preach this gospel. The enemy knows we're going to put a stake in this city. 
He knows. And that's fine with me because he's known that for a while. It doesn't really matter. But it's, a, it's, it's on the main road. And as you know, Parramatta Road will get thousands and thousands of people. Not to mention we get really good traction just from, like people know us because of the amazing guys that do amazing marketing and, you know, what do you call it, the, the YouTube, the social media stuff. And most of you maybe don't know, but we've been on TV for 10 years, the Australian Christian Channel. Been preaching the gospel on the Australian Christian Channel and on God TV for the last 10 years. Been on radio for 20 years. Why? Preaching the gospel. Four different secular radio stations in Sydney. What for? To preach the gospel to disciple people. That's our heart, is to reach people. And this is a building that is a vehicle. It's all it is. But it is a home, it is a vehicle, and we do need a vehicle. If we're going to see revival come to our city, we need a vehicle. We need a place that we can have meetings, regular meetings, and disciple people, and reach the lost, and, and so on. So um, we're excited for where God's taken the church. Did we show the photos of the inside? We did, eh? At 11 o'clock? Yeah. Um, if you if you got any questions, please talk to some of the elders, maybe some of the leaders. Feel free to ask me um, if you got any questions about our project, our moving forward. Now, obviously, we don't know, but we're still dealing. Like, we've never been this way before either. We've never made a $12, $12 million purchase of a building. We've never, with a four-year lease. And that is a miracle in itself, but we've never been here before. And obviously, it's going to take a bit of, you know, we've got to get council permission. It's not council approval or DA necessarily because the building has a license for entertainment as a function center license. We will still operate the building for the community as a business. In other words, it will hire it out to other people like we do this building. And so you know, it'll work for us, obviously, but also so council approval. We often get a building inspection. And when the building inspection, he's also on paper saying he's going he's gonna, to um, paint the building on the outside fix it's got elevators it's got lifts for every floor which is good news everybody yay 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 no more walking upstairs because a lift will take you from the street level to the ground is a lift to get you there but also from the ground to the first floor and it sits about 600 people um it's got everything we need it's got a high ceiling we're going to deck it out really nicely obviously but he's going to put close to a million dollars to fix up the building um and which which will be amazing for the future of that building but I believe it's where God's leading us. Again, guys, remember, we've had 30 years of history. So bear with us. This is probably the, I haven't used a Sunday to talk about something like this, especially about finances, to, for us to move forward. But what I am asking every one of us to do is do what you can. And honestly seek God and say, God, what can we do? And don't, don't judge one another. Don't, you know, if you don't give, that's absolutely fine. Don't, you know what I mean? It's not about that. It's about... Let's do what we can. And I know with all my heart, when you give to God's kingdom and His purpose, He always takes care of us. He really does. And it won't, it won't take much. I believe, there, I believe we can. And I'm speaking to those that can. We will do, we're going to do um, kingdom dinners. We're kingdom entrepreneurs and gather people together and speak vision into them. And we want Because we want to equip you as a business to make more money. If you're making million dollars we're going to believe God for two million next year or 1.2 million turnover you know what I'm saying like we want to equip you with God's wisdom we've done some of those business breakfasts but we want to do them way more um, into the future and equip the saints in the marketplace but all it takes is 30 people that go you know what I can give above my tithes and offering $10,000 that's already 300 grand 20 people I can do 5,000 
It's only $100 a week extra. Well, I, could, I could stretch myself, trust God. And you know what? God actually meets our need. And it, that might sound a lot to you. You can do what is a lot to you. In other words, it's all relative. The widow with two mites gave more than all the wealthy people that put all out of their abundance. Didn't even stretch them. And Jesus says she gave more than all of them put together. So that's what we're talking about, if that makes sense. Give your two might as the Lord leads. So you can, as you do that, I need to let you know this too. Last year, November, we managed to get, we worked on it for two or three months, uh, what we call a DGR. DGR is a, a tax deductible donation towards the school of the church. So because the school is supernatural, because the children's ministry, because of the youth, because of all the courses, falls under the umbrella of education. And so we've got the number from the ATO. So obviously only if you give a big amount and it's going to help you in your tax write-off, then we'll give you a number. Because we can only give a certain percentage of that building as a tax deductible. So let's say for argument's sake, it's not on record, but we don't know. We've got to find that percentage out properly. We have to do it proper figures. But if it was 10% or 20%, 30%, whatever it might be, that we can only use that money for that building purchase. Make sense? When the school grows and we've got full-time students and we're using, say, um, three, four days a week, 100 students, and we might be able to take that to 70% of the building, of the DGR component. So I'm asking if you are going to give a big amount, we can give you that number, but only if you give a big amount because it, we can't do it to everybody at this stage. As it grows, we will be able to, if that makes sense. If it does confuse you, then you probably don't know what I'm talking about anyway when it comes to the DGR, All right. a tax deductible, tax deductible donation. You can literally write, instead of, instead of the government getting the money, because sometimes you have to pay so much money because you made so much money, you can give that amount to the church and instead of the government getting the money, the church got the money. Technically, that's what it is. You'll pay less tax in the long run because it's like an expense. You can write it up as an expense. It's fully tax deductible, that part. All right. Anyways, we love you. Zena is going to just pray a prayer that she wrote down that felt the Holy Spirit gave her this and we want to put a declaration out there because God can do this it, it just takes faith if God took a little boy's lunch and multiplied and gave it 20 plus thousand people ate from a little boy's lunch we are asking the church to come into this faith endeavor with us don't be the 10 spies oh, I can't believe we can do this I don't know it's not going to happen what about this and what about that give us some of that you know uh what's the word uh, reasoning but not with unbelief give it with faith alright church I hope you're excited it is so exciting I'm, I just wanted this this scripture um, you know I had such a revelation of this so I'm just going to read it it's about David and Goliath and Leo did mention Goliath David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Uh, defied. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. So I'm going to make some declarations. I would like you, for all of us, to join our faith. Because when, you know, Jesus is our mediator. 
And when we cry out, Jesus, He cries out, Father. So He's our mediator. Okay, so get excited. Let's pray and make some declarations and shift this atmosphere. Father, we thank you that our words have creative power. Thank you that you guided us to this building on Parramatta Road through the prophetic declarations of Matt Sorger, Sean Bolt, and David Hagar, your prophets. We come right now to your courts of heaven and we appeal to you, Father, as judge. We ask with boldness for $12 million to buy this building. We repent if we've had doubts or given expression to unbelief and fear. We come to you in the name of Jesus and by his precious blood. And we ask you to give us this building, Father. Father, we know that where you give vision, you always provide provision, double doors of provision as you spoke over us through David Haggai. So by faith, in the name of Jesus, we call in $12 million to secure this building. Bring it, Father, bring it. Father, you are a God that calls those things that are not as though they are. So we come boldly to you and call the finances in. We loose the hands of people to give right now. We declare now that this building belongs to Glorious Gospel Church. We declare it will be a place where we can come together to worship you. We declare it will be a training and discipling ground from which your people can be deployed to make Jesus known. We declare that we will shepherd this city. We declare we will cause this nation of Australia to rise. We declare that this will bring glory to Jesus. We declare that we will be called a house of prayer. A people who love Jesus. A refuge for the lost, for the lost to be saved. Father, we declare we have great favor. We declare that we have great favor with the owner of the building, with all the people involved, that you would soften their hearts to release the building to us, even to give it to us. Thank you, Father, that you commission your angels right now, for you are Jehovah of armies, to make this happen in Jesus' mighty and victorious name. And everybody said, Amen. Awesome. If you want that prayer, ask Sina. She can send it to you. You can start declaring that spirit realm. CJ, won't you come and just pray for us? Declare over us there's so much I got on my heart that I would want to say because I just know this is God and um, yeah the acting centre that we went in and had church I went in there once but it was a shell it would be great to have church here I remember praying it thinking it and saying it I used to drive past here when this was a wedding reception it would be great
great to have church here. So good. That's bustling. People come out. Lord, that's where we should. Church should be like that. And then we got it. I've done it to this building as well. I've been in that building and go, Lord, this would be great to have a church as well. Yeah. This is exciting, guys. And um, we were sharing at the leaders meeting, like, Chris, we're so honoured to be under Christine and Leo and all the elders in carrying this vision and to dream big. $12 million is a lot of money, right? Let's be real. But they're dreaming big. And as they, as the leaders of this church, dream big, we also run into that same stream and catch their faith. And we're going to help champion them as they also come bring breakthrough in our lives. Do you understand that as they run this race with vision and foresight, this is also to be released onto us for all areas of your life too. That's why when we come into agreement with this in our hearts and be the not be the ten that doubt, but even even if even in our mind it doesn't make sense, let's just speak out in the atmosphere the words into action and say yes. Even if it's your yet, just a yes, just say yes, Lord, Amen. And I believe in this house, hundred percent, is that we are going to also raise up. They're, they're, I believe the, the word of storehouses is also for the blueprints and the ideas and the businesses and the inventions and the creations and the music, all from heaven to be released. And it's going to come on this house. We're going to believe that it's going to be people in this house hungry to say, Lord, use me. There have been mantles dropped from generations past where other people have said no or they, or they, or they, or they fell. I want to say, Lord, use this church, use us to say yes, that we will pick up those mantles and that we will be the next business leaders because we've said before, revival will influence culture in the seven spheres, right? We're going to be influencers and leaders. We're going to bring in business places. We're going to be teachers. We're going to be the answer to the world's problems and bring the church out there. That's how we will influence culture. And it's going to start with this. This is an exciting journey. And it is, I, we are so pumped up and we are blessed that we all get to be a part of such a, a historical moment. It's a historical moment for this church, but it's going to be a historical moment for Sydney and Australia, to be honest. Like, and, and it's bigger than just this church building is we are going to be the... In the future, it's going to be our children and their children. And they're going to say, it was that generation. And it's the generation before that have been praying for this moment. But we have been chosen to be here for this time, to have faith, to say, yes, we were a part of it. We were foundational people. That We, we saw it, we spoke it, we believed it. And, and the word for the year that the Lord gave me, the start of the year, He said multiplication. And He spoke about um, the child breaking the bread. But the Lord was saying to me, um, the word is multiplication, supernatural multiplication. He goes, and he showed me a vision of a testimony of people talking about, he goes, share the testimony of the multiplication so that the, the testimony will multiply and have more multiplication of testimonies. And he giggled and laughed, you see what I'm doing. So, and he said, whatever you have in your hand, this is something to really activate, whatever you have. The disciples saw Jesus doing miracles. They said we had nothing. It took the faith of a little boy to say, I've got this. I've got bread. And then the woman with the, dry, with the jars, he, um, the prophet, he said, get as many as you can. Not even from her own home, from the surrounding neighbors. So when we have faith to see what we have or what little we can get, then we give it to God and He's going to do the rest. So whatever little, little you have, 
just start putting that in your hand and saying, Lord, multiply it. Because I believe that we want to see all of you guys blessed. Don't pray. Don't pray little prayers like just, Lord, I, I really want to give $5,000. Be, be bolder. I want to give $50,000. We're not timidity Christianity. Abundant living Christianity where the storehouse will be open because when you're blessed in your life financially, you're going to be able to bless so many other people. So, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for each and every person in this house, each and every family member and what you are doing, Lord. We thank you for the supernatural anointing that you're going to bless in our hands and in our feet, in our territories, in our business, in our finances. Everything we do and everything we touch will be multiplied for your name and your glory. We thank you that we mark this building for your name to bring your kingdom on this, on this city to bring the lighthouse and Parramatta Road. That'll bring revival, Lord. There'll be supernatural encounters in that building. The presence of the Holy Spirit will fill it, fill it overflowing out into the streets, Lord. Thank you for the vision and the foresight on our leaders, on our elders, on our pastors, Lord. And we bless the supernatural strategy that you are putting on upon them and upon us. Lord, I lift up everybody's finances, everybody's visions, their dreams, Mantles that were dropped, dreams that people in this room thought were lost. Lord, we stir them up right now in Jesus' name. We stir it up right now and I speak acceleration into all of it. Business opportunities, investments, money that was lost from the enemy, taken from the enemy. We speak a hundredfold return, so bring a hundredfold into the church in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the legacy called upon this building and upon this house and for the revival it's going to bring upon the nation and for the churches. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.